Today we are talking about self-worth and being fully chosen in a relationship and what it feels like when a person may overlook their own boundaries and self-worth for a perceived version of love. Welcome to Music, Spirit and Accountability with Jay Hode and Michael Cooper. So self-worth, this is huge. This is a huge thing for me. It's a huge thing for you, Mike. It's a huge thing for, I think, probably just about every person on this planet. Self-worth and being chosen in a relationship. It's so crazy how we can often ignore um, you know, the warning lights at times and choose to go on these paths that... Um, you know, we can we can validate uh, the amount of times I hear about these relationships where, oh, I just I, I think he loves me. Um, you know, he he I, he makes me laugh so much, and you know, we have a great time when we're intimate together. But you know, we fight all the time, and we just can't we just don't get along. But then I, I just keep having enough of these kind of um, things, um, you know. Uh, in my in my face that seem like relevant for me to hang on sort of thing like i was going to say kind of carrots dangling but uh, maybe not <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it's like that that kind of idea right so um and we kind of keep going back for more we keep creating these stories where yeah you know i'm just going to hang on for a bit longer just that they might turn around and we've we, we were talking the other day about you know going deeper on that and you know what's that core thing and the thing that often comes up for me around that is being fully chosen and really when I break down all the shit, all the bullshit of all the things and all the stories and all the he said, she said and all the but he makes me laugh and we have great sex or whatever it might be. The thing is, if I'm going to choose to be in a relationship with someone and to choose to put myself in a position where I'm going to commit to that relationship, I need to be fully chosen. And mm. that's my truth. Oh, here we are, brother. How, how do you feel about that? I remember the first time I heard the, the phrase fully chosen and it was, we were talking about intimacy and activation of, you know, the heart, the mind, the animal and the gut and, you know, it's a deeper level of the love languages. It's a deeper level of understanding someone's intimacy, right? And, you know, we, you were sharing yours and I was, and, and you dropped that and said yeah look you know all of these things but the one is I need to be fully chosen and man if I had hair it would have swept my hair back it just mm. went, <laughs> you know I felt the this atomic bomb go off in front of me and watch that mushroom cloud go up and the force hit me with that it was it was the most beautiful thing because it was that's what I deeply desire and, you know, I wonder how many of the listeners probably maybe feel the same, I guess, at a core underlying level. But if, even if not them, for me, it was like that just spoke to me so deeply because that was so well articulated. What I didn't, it's what I believed, it's what I chased, it's what I desired, but I didn't have the words for it. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And so I've absolutely outright stolen that as well. Mm. And you know and, and I fully embody that you know and sometimes in life which is where I'm at right now is uh, that's being tested as the universe says right oh well you you write about this every day you write it in your script of how you want your life to look you write about the woman that you want to be with and you write that you want to be fully chosen 
well, I'm going to test you. How much do you really want it? And just for full disclosure and transparency, I'm in the throes of that battle right now of not being fully chosen. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of wonderful words and potential and concepts, but I'm not chosen at all. And I'm being challenged to say, well, you, you speak about this thing, you preach about this thing, but you're not congruent with this thing. How do you expect to have it in your life? How do you expect to hold that when you actually don't hold it for yourself? So that's just being very real. Where my life is, that's what this whole podcast is about, right? It's about accountability and raw and vulnerable. And that's what's alive in me right now. Brother, thank you so much for sharing. Um, really honoring your openness and vulnerability around this right now and speaking about these things, you know, um, as men, it's often, of, uh, not as men, but it seems that men often choose not to speak about these things around their brothers, let alone on a podcast where everyone can hear and judge. So, um, again, honoring you, leaning into that. And, you know, I have two questions. I was going, kind of going to take this, think about taking this podcast in a bit of a different direction. But, you know, if you're open to sharing, I have uh, two questions. And one is, how does that make you feel like in your heart and soul? And two is, what are you feeling to do about it? Great questions. I feel absolutely torn as from, I feel separated from my soul. My, my body's putting itself in this situation where it's not being chosen and my soul, you know, wants to be chosen. And I, f I feel that separation and that's the scariest place for a human to be is a separated individual because we're mm. meant to be connected and one with our soul and I'm going the other direction. And I'm putting myself into situations there is that is frightening for my soul because it goes like, this doesn't feel right. And so it feels uneasy in the body. You know, I'm questioning everything. I'm questioning myself and I... I'm questioning my self-worth. And that comes from that separation. Hmm. Uh, what am I do? I think the second question is, what am I doing about it? Yeah. What do I feel called about it? The, 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 the coach in me would, you know, that, that knows the right thing to say and the right thing to do says, mate, you should choose yourself. You know what you're worth. There is, a million people who would love to choose you fully and life would flow and it'd be effortless and easy and you'd be supported. Um, but that's, you know, that's the coach. And then there's the soul that is screaming out, please choose yourself right now. This is not healthy for you. Please choose yourself. And then there's my heart attached to this 3D meat suit that I run around in that said, well, I've invested so much time in this person and I, I do love them, you know, I, I have so much love for them and care and I've nurtured and I've created and I've done everything I could. Um, and that's, that's the one thing pulling me the other way. Hmm. Um, and so I guess the enlightened version of me, the brave one of me, the strong one of me would say, I need to choose myself and, and really make a hard decision and a, a very firm boundary and walk away. And the human in me wants to, the, actually, you know what the human in me wants to do based on my trauma? The human in me wants to keep suffering because I'm addicted to suffering. That's ugly to say, but that's the reality. 
because I grew up in a space of suffering in my youth, you know, in my childhood. And so that's familiar. And so even with all my knowledge and my understanding and all the things I've done, um, I know that I should go to this space of unconditional love, being fully chosen, uh, a love that ebbs and flows where I'm seen and I'm heard and I'm witnessed and supported and held. Hmm. And my central nervous system wants to keep taking back this place of suffering because that's what it knows. So understanding the principles that, you know, everything we put out into the universe is, is holding that current and, um, you know, being manifested is really what we what we believe and, and how we do our best to come back to accountability on the words that we speak. So speaking the words, I'm addicted to suffering. Mm. Where does that thought process come from for you to say that right now and is that something that you think is that an addiction that you think you could change is that and, and is that the truth right now do you think or because you know obviously this is very fresh again really honoring you for holding this space for yourself man like this is huge to be speaking about with me right now let alone on this platform you know um so maybe you just maybe you said that too in in a bit of trigger right then as well and maybe that's not the truth um in your story how does that all sit with you brother not not at a conscious logical level but at an unconscious pattern level you know my relationship with my father was very much uh, i could never do enough uh you know one more thing i might get that love one mm. more thing i might acknowledgement and I always craved that love, affection, and attention from my father, which to this day at 47, I still don't have. And that's okay. Um, but sorry, it's, it's actually not okay, but um, I've learned to accept that. And so that suffering for me is a, is a pattern that was developed from that young age of keep chasing something that doesn't want you, and eventually maybe you'll catch it, and maybe eventually maybe you'll be good enough and they'll hold you, and eventually maybe they'll they'll witness you and see you. So that's the, that's the deep wounding from the father wound that, you know, I carry. Is it possible to fix? Yes. And I've come a long way, you know, such a long way from where it was originally. Um, but I can still see it playing out even in this environment right now where I'm, you know, there's, you know, not being chosen and, and haven't been for quite some time. Hmm. So, yeah, um, my addiction is, is not an everyday thing. Um, I, and I picked this up from my sporting career where the harder it got, the better I got. Yeah, okay, okay. So that was kind of leads me to what I was feeling into asking is what is the benefit of an addiction to suffering now? An addiction to suffering maybe as a, um, an elite athlete um could have some profound impacts with the outcome of winning the gold medal at the Olympics. Now, comparing that to a relationship, what is the benefits of being addicted to suffering to relate? Do you, do you kind of see what I'm saying? It's kind of like two different things we're kind of speaking about here. So um, yeah. does, it, does it relate or is it, um, is it not so much of a benefit to maybe addicted to suffering and other aspects of your life like it like you've been trained to be with sports where it maybe is so that that mentality served me so well in sport you know even in business when i was younger 
it was also very similar, that ability to chase, handle rejection, get up again when it fails. Um, it really served me well in my youth. And I, when I say it served me well, I believed it served me well, but I, I know otherwise now. It doesn't serve me at all. And it didn't serve me then. It got the results, but there was probably greater results that I could have because when you are addicted to suffering, you self-sabotage as well. Um, I would blow up so many races because of the self-sabotaging effect. You know, so it doesn't actually serve not then and not now. And with what I know now, the way of peace, love, flow, effortless, uh, in alignment with universal law and universal flow is far greater and far more powerful. Um, but that core underlying pattern, no matter how much work I've done, I, I don't remove it ever. It's just the the strength of it and the hold of it it has over me is a, a lot less than what it used to be. Mm. So in relation to relationships, um, you know, I'm, I'm very loyal. I'm very committed to the death, you know, because of that pattern. Um, and sometimes for too long. That's that's the thing. Uh, and that that's where the suffering ties in. I hold on mm. too many chances, too many hopeful things, too many um, carrots, as you said, you know. Um, one more time. Uh, one more time. Mm. Yeah, and when is one more time enough? And, and how many times are you going to say one more time? So there's that, that beautiful quality. I feel like I kind of get it now, you know, that addicted to suffering, how that can play out in a really positive way, uh, possibly in a relationship as far as that kind of old school, like I'm here to the end no matter what, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to stand by you no matter what through the, the good times and the hard times and everything in between. And then I think that kind of loops back to our initial uh, starting topic of being fully chosen and... Um, that you know that honoring of self-worth that yeah i am all that you know i am able to suffer through all of these beautiful um things in life there's you know hard and easy and all the things in between that obviously when the times are hard there's uh, usually something epic that comes from that to, to greener pastures ahead but um at the core of that too, I, I I feel like in my truth, if if I'm not being fully chosen, and that that lesson alone took me many many years to learn, going deeper and deeper and deeper, there's no point in enduring the suffering if if I'm not being fully chosen, and even that in itself can ebb and flow um, to um, go through that in a relationship and and speak that truth that hey I'm not fully choosing you or I'm feeling like you're not fully choosing me how does that land and then either choosing to grow together to that next level to get to that as a focus or to go on our separate ways but if that's consistently not there and that's straight up being owned by someone that hey I'm not fully choosing to be in this relationship or being felt by the other person that I can see that I'm not being fully chosen by you in this relationship um, I'm no going to no longer going to choose to endure the suffering because that is my self-worth non-negotiable um, for my own truth and my own self-worth um, how does that all sit there yeah that lands I mean really beautifully as well mate I think that where you articulated hey I'm I'm willing to work with you on this and we can grow together you know I'm very much a big believer in that I think that's magic but there also comes a point in time you say and I've done that and that's still not being met, so I, I need to choose myself. Mm. Uh, and that's where, 
you know, this self-worth thing, um, I, I've experienced this, is I watched my self-worth, especially over the last couple of months, just, it's like a death by a thousand cuts. You know, a little bit takes away. And then the next time, a little bit takes away and it, it wears you down. You start to question yourself. You start to think, um, sorry, I shouldn't say we. I start to question myself. Um, I start to question myself then and, and am I really all that I think that I am and am I capable of all these things and maybe I'm not good enough um, and that's a very slippery slope you know and in that moment it takes a lot of strength and a lot of fortitude to say ah, you know what this is not healthy for me and I need to I need to put myself first yeah mm. Yes, brother. Uh, I feel like this would be inspiring to a lot of people listening right now um, and quite thought-provoking. So, uh, again, guys, love to get your comments and thoughts. Please, um, please, please send them out to us. To feel into this, when you spoke earlier, I was feeling like I was just listening to you, doing my best to just witness you, not going to judgment, and just feeling you in, in my heart. And... Whether this relates to you or to other people, it definitely relates to me when I've been in that sort of situation. The deeper I go on the core of why, you know, all the reasons I'm choosing to stick around and give it one more go and all the things, if I go through all the 3D things and come back to what's beneath it and really come back to, there's part of me that has at times felt scared. I felt scared that, well, this is going to be really sad you know if this ends or scared that well where to from here or scared that well what if I don't meet someone else or scared that what am I going to do or it could even be you know if I didn't have a job or something well how am I going to pay the bills or how am I going to get by with the housework whatever however small or big how is the business going to go if we're 50% 50% or how's the living situation going to go if we live together all those things like and the core thing that I come down to, so, so feeling in that, I was feeling there was part of me that felt scared, you know, I was feeling that feeling. And when I come down to how do I break that down, again, one of my other non-negotiables, and I'll say to the best of my ability, because obviously it's life and we've got to ebb and flow with it, but I'll say that it's love or fear. And for me, love or fear is if I'm confused or start speaking story or starting to feel these um, shadows coming up around possibly choosing something inauthentically, choosing something because I'm scared or not saying something because I'm scared. I break that down to love or fear and I'm really always doing my best to choose love, love for myself, love for the other respects, um, respectfully love for their self-worth as much as my own self-worth so when I've come down to that feeling of scared I mean like is that is that feeling of being scared is that love or fear and obviously it's fear so okay that's my green light to okay I need to lean into this and speak into this right away and deal with this and and that's kind of my mission with how I go about things to the best of my ability and yeah sometimes I say too much sometimes I make people upset and um but it's always the one thing that I've noticed through always speaking into the love is it always creates togetherness at the end whether that togetherness is actually in the 3d separation of going separate ways I know that the respect and in the long run that will be I don't actually know because their story might be something different like you 
bastard like how could you just leave me that's okay but i know in the yeah. space that i'm holding to speak my truth like i can't not speak that truth because it's the truth it's my truth in that moment and if it's coming from love then i stick by that and in the long run i feel through that i've been able to stay extremely connected and um in a really what i would call healthy not leaky energy not shady kind of way to a lot of my best friends in life a lot of my ex-partners a lot of the people mm. in my life and that boundaries there is not like oh are we going to get back together or anything it's like no 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 this is clear and this is crystal clear rock solid this is how it's going to be and there's a respect that comes with that there's a safety and a trust within that space holding that i feel is uncompromisable and even if they can't get through it in the 3d moment of like that's bullshit like i'm never going to speak to you again i'm like cool well if you ever would like to i'm only ever a phone call away and that's never going to change well stuff you i'm out of here cool well i'm i'm here for you if you know and there's something in that that is a learning you know it's a rock solid energy that more often than not there's that connection is kept it might take some time to settle down but in the long term every single time for me in the long term it's been like wow that space that you held for me in that time i feel so safe in your energy and or whatever it might be um how's that land for you brother yeah great um great that a plant a seed of potential and possibility and removing that fear of they're not going to like me they're not going to love me they're going to hate me it's just beautifully placed mate. <laughs> very beautifully placed mm -hmm. thank you for that and yeah it's that is the fear is that i'm not going to be liked or loved or i'm going to disappoint uh for choosing myself but um you know in doing so i'm disappointing myself and prolonging the inevitable so yeah that was really really well really well placed <laughs> thank mm. you mate oh brother feeling you and um we'll look so forward to seeing how this all pans out in real life over the uh upcoming the weeks. Uh, yeah weeks this is this is uh yeah. and i think that was one of the things like you you brought that up today is like you you were aware of what was live for me and and you said oh look do you want to go there and i'm like yeah 100 like that's what this is about hopefully someone listening to this um may say me too may resonate and not feel that they're alone and i don't think that we provided any answers today because that's not our role but we shared our experiences and and you've planted a, a great couple of possibilities and potentials for people to maybe take on board but the whole invitation is which is what i'm inviting myself to do uh, as i speak this is to choose yourself in every moment and be okay with that and I think what came through when you were just sharing that then is usually even if they do rebel or kick back or swear and carry on and decide to leave, even though you've held a beautiful space, usually from my experience, the minute they leave, your central nervous system settles down and you go, okay, that was ugly, but it was, I feel better Yeah, because you were true to yourself. 100% brother we had that chat in the podcast our last podcast when we were talking about parenting and children and I was just saying to my partner last night um, kind of inspired by that podcast was isn't that funny how with our daughter that when every time 
I kind of bring down that hammer when she's kind of flustered and losing her shit and I have to, you know, grab her and take her to bed and she's screaming and kicking and then then she has the choice to stay there or do this. We always give her those choices. She makes her choice and then the way she settles down almost instantly and the amount of I love you's and her heart centered safety and trust just comes back tenfold because I feel it's, you know, mostly because of that space that's been held where it's kind of the boundaries are clear but the love is held I'm, I haven't lost myself I'm keeping my cool but uh, isn't that funny and I feel it really relates to you know the, what you just said too with us fully grown adults almost equally as a five year old because there's a five year old running around inside us ultimately yeah. and sometimes they're speaking for us <laughs> so. yeah uh, and ultimately, we all have a deep desire to be seen, to be heard, and to be held and loved. You know, our, our greatest desire, it's a survival mechanism, love. You know, especially as an infant, you know, in those first six months, if there was a study done in 1975, where they didn't touch the babies, they just left them in the crib and dropped a bottle in. And then there was another group that were fed and mildly touched, and there was a group that was held constantly. And they had to stop the study because a couple of the babies in the non-touched cribs died and that it was unethical um, because they were not given love and that doesn't leave us you know wow yeah Whew, that's yeah it's heavy Maybe um but that's you know our deep desire to love is we're born into that and yeah. Our, as a role, as a human being, our role, or not our role, but our opportunity is to ascend back to love. We've fallen into this world of duality of good, bad, right, wrong, uh, this world of this bipolar world that we live in. And our role, well, the invitation for us is to evolve back to singularity, which is love. Yeah. The original thought, the original, the, the, everything was created and born of love. And everything outside of that is a distortion of love, as you said, love or fear. And so love is a strong, strong um, energy, not the emotion. The energy of love runs through everything that we be, do and have. Yeah. Wow, that just, that's landing for me right now. And without one, we can't have the other, right? Like, you know, it's, it's equally as, um, you know, fear or, or hate. And, and love you know it's uh, they're equally without one you can't have the other so um, yeah. at, and at the end of the day just to you know finish this up uh, my five-year-old loves playing with your five-year-old and I reckon if we were hanging out we were five we would have been best friends and, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome brother love you so much and um, yeah we'll uh, we'll see you see these all these beautiful listeners uh, in the next episode you will thank you brother